Hello, and welcome back to the Schooner Pod. I'm Bobby. With me today, we've got Jameson, we've got Ty, and uh, folks, we are back after a one-week absence to um, to just, just do our, our, we're doing an off-season show, but we've, we've, we've tried to, we're trying to put some stuff together here, a loose outline, which is a bit foreign to our, our podcast typically. So we're going to start with a little bit of news, then dive into the big news around college football today with Boat and Blake. He's coming all a little later to talk about the college football playoff. Um, guys, how, how have y'all been? Y'all do everyone doing good? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank God they gave us some content for today. <laughs> yeah. I much appreciate it. It's been a, bone just a, a a bone yard out there nothing good you know just dry horrible stuff uh but the college football playoff gave us a little bit and jameson ou gave us a little bit uh recently um in the news that uh jr sandlin out uh going to smu to take on like a general manager uh assistant um I think it's like an assistant AD, AD position, AD, which assistant may, which AD is, position, which is an upgrade in the title. So hence the move, yeah. which is yeah, good, I mean, you know, good for him. I, I unfollowed him. So I don't have to see his freaking life advice every single morning anymore. So no offense to J.R. Sandlin. I'm sure he's a very good guy. I don't know how much he actually did. We talked about Annie Hansen all the freaking time, aside from all of the hoopla that went down with Lincoln Riley, but just, what she was. Did y'all even like see anything on message boards about, Oh, J.R. Sandlin did a really good job of setting this up. It seems like from what I've read about this new hire is like Brent Venables puts all of like the, the recruiting setup, not as much in the recruiting coordinator and more so on the coaches themselves. Yeah, yeah I think so. I mean, obviously it, it can always, it can always be run differently. We don't know how it is um, behind the scenes, but it, it is, you know, it does seem a bit of a figurehead-esque position uh, when you get into something like that, when it's not someone who's actually the coach. So, Yeah, for sure. It's someone, you know, just handling things in the back back room sort of thing. It's it's not massively important. Like, I don't think anyone's going to decommit because Sandlin left. No, um, <laughs> I think I can confidently no. say that out loud right now. Right, for sure. So Sandlin's out. Uh, Open up the transfer portal. <laughs> oh God, Sandlin's God. I'm leaving this. This who? Where am I going to get my Bible verses? Yeah, no, no. Um. Anyways, so Curtis Lofton looking to be in, right? Am I right on that, or is that um? There, no, there, there's there's two big moves because there's Jolie yeah. Ale. I'm probably slaughtering that name pronunciation. I think she is replacing some uh, a different director who left earlier, but I could be wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, and then all, but Curtis Lofton also rumored to be coming in as the general manager, uh, and the GM tie or the GM title. That's a bit foreign to college football, but you know, let's be honest. That's kind of what you have to be nowadays. Yeah. Just buckle up. It's, I think people are throwing around that term and you're going to see it so much right now in college football because of this whole big, I mean, big 10 and sec little get together and then 
the eventual downfall of NCAA over under. Let me ask both of y'all just from what we can see right now with the climate of NCAA two years until it falls apart. Ooh, I don't have to ask Blake that. I'm curious mm-hmm. to hear what he has to say about that. <laughs> I see him I off see, stage. I see him in the tiny, uh, off stage. <laughs> bring, in the tiny bring him corner. in. Bring him in. Bring him in. All right. Yeah. No. 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 Okay. Yeah. This OU thing is kind of it's it's gone on to different things. Um, we're Ooh, moving. And we out. Him, no. This no. We got to give him proper. <laughs> He's sailing on in to talk about the demise of the NCAA and the college football playoff expansion, just because it got mentioned. Uh, Blake, over under how long the NCAA survives? Two years. Is two years a good line? Is that a good line? I, I, no, I think it's a little bit more because the only reason why is like, I think, I think the landscape's going to significantly change. I think in the next two, three years, we're going to see Florida State bounce from the ACC, which is just going to cause like, that's going to cause the final, I think, windfall. Everybody's going to be jumping, whether it's ACC trying to absorb like all the good Big 12 teams to keep that conference live alive or vice versa, or like the Big 10 coming in, trying to scoop a few. Like, I think that is going to be like, the first shot and then we'll start to see the ncaa demise like i think the uh conferences need to be positioned so that it's probably going to be a big two and then you have to like that's what they have to work out because you can't leave out the big 12 because if you want to go separate and get away from the ncaa you kind of have to resolve probably the basketball thing i don't know because like if you're gonna take the profitable sports with you you're gonna take basketball too but you can't take basketball without march madness and including the smaller schools like the big 12 schools so i think there's a lot of logistics to work out but i think like in the next two or three years there's going to be another groundbreaking change like the acc is like (laughs) the acc is on life support or something like that Mm -hmm. it'll be next off season i'm confident about saying that that it's going to be next offseason where the, the ACC is going to break apart. I think it's going to move quick. The problem is the problem is they're relying on the courts to get this done. And, like, they are going to slow play this like no other. Like, I just feel like it's going to drag out because they do need some sort of ruling. Because right now, like, they don't. The only thing that's being quoted is they have to pay their full grant of rights to, like, 2037, which is, like, a ridiculous amount. They're not going to pay that much, but, like, they need some form of, like, ruling and or settlement or get to the point where they feel like they can settle in order to get Florida State out of there. But the ACC, I think, is smart. They realize that if Florida State leaves, it's all going to, like, it's all going to fall apart. Yeah, I mean, the, the ACC's grant of rights is, like, Honestly, the only thing saving that conference right yep. now, it, it, if it wasn't that ironclad, if it wasn't that long and uh, punitive, uh, there's no way in hell that Florida State or North Carolina would still be in the conference. They, they would be trying to jump to better seas there. Ty, what do you think? Yeah, it's certainly interesting. I, I may have misheard you. I thought you said the NCAA. Um, or I don't know if we got off on a tangent about the ACC or you. Yeah, no, but I think is the only thing holding it together, really. Like, because, like, yeah, the, I, once, the, once it's just down to Big Ten SEC, it's just going to be a very college football centric. I feel I don't think the NCAA but is it's ever going true. away. It, I think, I think college football blood. spins off, maybe, but like, but, who's going to regulate all the other sports? Yeah. Okay, yeah. that that counts. That counts in part of my thing. Say, well, in college football, NCAA F, 
when will that deteriorate? Two years. I think two years, obviously. I think the over is the safe bet, obviously. But this is why we're having the conversation. I don't it's it's a bit of a I don't know. I mean, on the ACC thing, right? It seems to me, obviously, I'm not the the legal expert, but I can say I've never once been sued by the ACC, so I could perhaps be seen as an expert in this field. Um, but it does seem a bit of like a house of cards situation, right? Like the ACC is just made up of the member institutions. If everyone just leaves and it falls apart, then there's nothing there to sue you. So I, I don't know. It seems like you could just leave and uh, you'd be fine, right? Who's well, you going to sue yourself for damages? Well, but that's the thing. They, is the, there they, are a couple. There are a couple institutions that would stick behind and then act as the ACC, much like how the two pack, you know, of Washington State and Oregon State. Yeah, look how successful they were. If I'm well, Florida yeah, State, but, I'm looking at that and going, "Okay, yeah, never mind. Let's head out." I mean, they're still kind of punishing. Blake, what do you think? Yeah, because they can't. The problem is they can't. Even if they all wanted to just kind of go their own way. The whole reason behind a grant of rights is you've bundled all your media rights and give them to a different entity that is then paying you for them. So, like, they could move on. Like, Florida State could probably, like, could technically move on eventually, but, like, they need to get their media rights back so that they can get that money in order to, like, sell that side of things. It's like, that's the kicker. Okay, it's like, like so that you can go. A bit... The thing keeping them just, together is the not like the conference itself. It's the fact that you've sold them your rights. So they sold their rights, right? But as yeah. again, as as our resident Swifty, why can't Florida State just be like Florida State Taylor's version, and then just go say <laughs> that they're playing their own version of football? Let you know the this ACC, is a whatever, you can keep what the old rights. The plan, like your version, like right, right. It's like copyright, you know, just it's original performance. It's just Florida State's interpretation of Florida State football being played outside of. They can still have their rights. It would be hilarious if, like, they had to resort to, like, the Toy Story game, like, simulation. It's like they're not allowed to show the actual live-action version, so they have to show, like, the Toy Story. That's the only way you can watch a Florida State game, because, like, they can find some loophole to, like, make Hey, Florida State, just hire my guy, Michael Whitman. He'll, he'll, he'll figure out a way to get it together. Hey, if that was the case, I think degenerate gamblers would get even worse. Like, baby, I'm sorry. I can't do anything. I'm watching the Tuesday night Florida State AI game tonight. It's the best <laughs> the time slot. Fl- I have to watch not Florida State. They've officially think, changed their name. Maybe that's the future, right? Think about other, like, digital roulette. It didn't necessarily kill regular roulette, but, you know. People play digital roulette. I don't know where I was going with that analogy, but I, I hey, think I see where you're going, but I don't think it makes any sense. The NBA decided instead of fixing League Pass being like one of the worst products, like trying to access it from an app, they instead oh like God, put out like a VR, like you can make it like your favorite movie, like combining AI and VR. It's all that. It's that. It's that's what it is. Like, what, what are we doing the whole thing here? Is like, why? <laughs> We can't. I can't even get a Thunder game while I'm in Oklahoma City on my phone. And outside of the like city, I can't access the app because it's so sucky, crashes all the time, mm-hmm. so lagged. 
They can't even fit, like, they can't figure that out. But, of course, they want to roll out the airless basketball, the LED court, the AI VR experience so you can make it look like Spider-Man, like, into the Spider-Verse. Like, it's just, it's so dumb. Which they gave no money to into the Spider-Verse for, by the way. Or uh, they also did not ask permission, so. They did, okay, they didn't steal that. Like, that animation style is not something, like, you can't own that animation style. It's animated like a comic. Right, but when you say, make it it look like the Spider-Man movie, you know, it's kind of straight up, you know. Regardless, regardless. Um, Anyway, we, we have gone down several different rabbit holes here. But let's just dive right into the main college football playoff conversation because we've talked about the NCAA falling apart. We can talk, and we'll—I'm sure—we'll get to that later uh, within this conversation. It'll definitely come back up again. Um, but today, uh, the college football playoff—or I believe it was today—it uh, might have been yesterday. Uh, college football playoff—they're having meetings right now in Grapevine, Texas, at the Gaylord Texan, which is still a hilarious central point if you're familiar with the region. <laughs> Um, but, uh, they decided they're, uh, they're set on it, on it. It's, it's five auto bids for the five highest, uh, conference, uh, champions. Um, they, they booted out, uh, <laughs> Oregon state and Washington state. They're they're They don't get that bid anymore. Pac 12 does not exist. Um, so we finally, finally know what the postseason will fully look like next year. 12 teams first, first round sites on campus. And uh, yeah, so essentially the power four get buys and then you throw in Liberty at the end. What do we think about it? Obviously, this was the no brainer decision, but what 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 are our thoughts on how uh, how it all shook out? What a great. Well, it's still ongoing. So uh, like today they, they actually discussed it looks like. Uh, the potential for so, expanding to to 14 and, and there was no is, resolution on that. Right. This oh, is this, for 2026. I was just saying it's set this for, for this year. Two oh, years. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's set yeah. for till 2026. Which is so college football that we they're like, all right, we finally figure out a system. It's set, but in two years, let's think about changing it. You know, immediately after coming to a consensus, they're like, I mean, all right, how can we fix this? How can we? How years. can we change things more? Two years That's is a they, long time in sports. It took us two it took OU like two three years to get out of the SEC, so I, I feel that, or get out of the Big Twelve and into the SEC. Whoa, foreshadowing! <laughs> no, no, <laughs> you? breaking news. <laughs> oh god. Um. So yeah, I mean, I mean, Jameson, what do you think? Yeah. Um. First of all, I think it's absolutely ridiculous that it took them this long to finally figure out the things for next season. That's just, I just was stunned when I read that. I was like, Are you kidding me? It took this long whatever and i had the same exact thoughts as y'all i was like chill y'all gotta chill like where where are these committee people's minds at like we're at the point where we're just now figuring out the logistics for next season's playoffs and they're already talking about you know long-term things i'm hoping that's just a leak you know i'm hoping that's just like that they talked about it like some person brought it up and it's not actually legitimate but what it sounds like it was kind of like will be a point of discussion it does sound like it leaves a nasty taste in my mouth. Yeah. Well, like you got it. Yeah, it's just 
it's the 12 team i'm gonna be honest like i might be having a little bit of buyer's remorse like i think i was all in for the 12 team and i was like i was a proponent of like it'll make some games interesting late in the year where it's like typically teams that maybe have like two losses can battle it out need some good performances and like that's a positive but i went back and i was just like looking at like looking at the teams who would probably make a playoff like that and it's just like me thinking about OU last year, I know it wouldn't work out this way because of Liberty, but, like, OU being the first out of the playoff last year, and we knew for sure OU was not a playoff team. They were nothing close to a playoff team. We knew that about Penn State. We saw them get embarrassed. It just, like, it kind of leaves a little bit of a bad taste in my mouth thinking, oh, now I have to root for, or not, like, root for, but, like, some of these teams I know aren't good, and I know don't, like, will not win a national championship. I'm just afraid the product on the field will just turn out to, like, we get now two rounds of, like, old semifinal games when they're, like, both blowouts and we got to the national championship. And we're just kind of, like, stuck with this, like, not interesting mm. format because of how, like, March Madness works because it's, a, it's teams of five and there's a lot of variability in basketball. There's not a lot of variability in football. That's why you see Alabama never lose. That's why you see Georgia never lose. Like, Sure, upsets will happen, but I'm a little, I'm just like a little worried that it just kind of draws it out mm -hmm. a little too much. Well, well, well if if you I say am... if you say that they're just going to go ahead and win anyways, that good teams are going to win, like won't that make the upsets whenever they do happen mean even more and make it even more exciting? Yeah. Well, so yeah, like you are literally an alumni of the the one team that proves that you can't. You have to play it on the field. TCU no, made a national. You know oh, what it's, I mean? That, oh, it's the hardest. It's no, the hardest I, thing. And it's like, I I think in my mind now going back, it's like more six. So you can get just like those few stragglers. You don't really have, uh, don't really have the drama or whatever. But like the upsets, when you're saying these upsets, it's like March Madness. The reason why it's cool is because upsets can go on runs. I don't think we're going to see like really runs here especially yeah, when it's Liberty's like Liberty's not going to make a run they're not going like, to yeah and and, and i think we're and the fact that it's a home playoff game instead of a neutral site like weird you get sent up to detroit michigan and you have to like go play that week it's just like it's gonna be a lot of prep still for like a single game where i just i don't know i don't feel like it's gonna be as magical i i, I, as I don't think i don't think there's any way in absolute hell that Michigan would turn down a home game at the big house in the college football playoff to move. I know, it to but it's just like field. I know, which is, but which like, is an that's argument. That's what I'm saying is like, are like upsets are gonna happen less if like that's if that's the yeah. case. Like in the first round, if they're playing home playoff games, then well, I'm just saying if Appalachian State say goes to the big house, you know, the Appalachian State would never win in the big house, right? That that would never happen. Yeah, but that was happening that, at the first, like, yeah, it's not a playoff game. Like, at that point, you have seen these teams play so many times. It's not right. like Appalachian State beat them, and they went 11-1 that season, and were, like, competing for a national championship. It was like, the Michigan team ended up being kind of fool's gold. These teams are not going to really be fool's no, gold by the end of the year. I, we know, we kind of know the... I have to say... I, go ahead. This is just beautiful. This is this Blake is now repeating the talking points that I was levying at him when he was arguing for a 12 team playoff. And and it's wonderful uh, because he is, in fact, a, a ball nowhere like myself. But it's <laughs> I think Blake is missing one point. Like there's one key thing that I disagree with him on here. And that's with the modern landscape. 
of bowl games just not being that entertaining anymore. I feel like a bigger playoff. I, I agree with Blake. I And I've said this about the four-team playoff. It has never once created like a Cinderella story national champion. Like every single time that we've had the playoff, the team who everyone kind of expected to win Actually, ended no, up that winning. Is- that is kind of a lie. The first oh, playoff. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. When Georgia the first playoff, Alabama. No, the first playoff, the third string quarterback from Ohio State went on like a yeah, super Ohio miracle State. run. Cinderella and story. Ohio I know that, State. but like they were the four seed coming into it and like were, or TCU was in that spot right before. And so it's like it's a Cinderella a program. Well, maybe. Yeah. And that's, program, program. and that's the thing is the Cinderella stories that we'll see make runs. Will just be big brands that lost a couple regular season well, games and had a low yeah. seed. Yeah. Well, let me let me finish what I was. I don't think it's going to make. It doesn't improve selecting who's going to play in the national championship. I, I think if we're just looking at like who's best to be in the national championship, let's use modern tech and, and some more data points to update the BCS and just make a really good BCS game. But it, I think it makes these bowl games more relevant. You get more buy-in. Because you get people to play these. So I say expand it, right? And I'm not one of those people who says get rid of the other bowl games. But if you expand to a 12, 14, whatever, you at least get that many more quality games. Because now we're at the point, you know, with a four team where we're seeing like New Year's Six Bowls and people just don't care. Like teams are big brands, big teams in historically really big bowls are just zoned out going through the motions and, and they don't care. So at least if you dangle something, I feel like, the expanded playoff is is beautiful for that. Although I I fully agree with Blake, you're just not going to see the Cinderella stories. It doesn't occur in football. It definitely doesn't occur in college football. Like it, you see them a little bit. You know, we saw like the Lions made a run this year in, in the NFL playoffs, and um, you know the Ravens. I guess people are cheering for it at some point. And you, I I don't think you'll see that. I think the best you'll see is sometimes you'll see like a freak win every like five years, but. I think it makes a better bowl season. It's the best solution we have for, for the bowl problem right now. Well, yeah, because the problem with the bowls is the problem the bowls have always had, but people have finally woken up to it, is that the bowls are useless. They're exhibition games that do not matter. It matters less than, you know, o- OU's bowl game against, you know, let's say whoever they play next year and whatever bowl, whatever playoff game they play next year is going to be... <laughs> like or okay, not playoff game, whatever. Over game. Okay, that's dumb. That's dumb. I'm, no, no, because a playoff game would obviously be the most important game by far. But if they played in, let's say, the Alamo Bowl next year, I they're not contractually able to. I believe that would that game matters way less than their game against Maine, for example, because that game has impact on potentially winning a national championship, on getting into a college football playoff. Um, college football, you know, you can, you can talk about the warm and fuzzies beating your rival, all of that, all of the side quest, you know, if you're a university that thrives on side quest, you know, that only wants to win bowls and, you know, rivalry games, all that, then yeah, that that's great for you. But if you're a proper college football program that wants to win national championships, that's your goal to compete and to be at that high level, then yeah, like, this is a way better system because the bowls never mattered. If you really think, well, other than the time where there was no national championship game and they just kind of picked whoever was the best at the end of the year, which is really stupid. Um, But regardless, what I'm saying is 
I, I love the system because we have meaning more meaningful football at the end of the year than we've ever had. And um, I, I, I'm pumped about it because yeah. yeah, even though, even though you look at teams like, Oh yeah. Like Missouri ranked number nine, they're not that good. The, the fact that they can still go on a, on a field, go on the road, try to get a win. That's, that's pretty awesome. There's multiple levels to this. Like, why it's going to be more teams in the playoffs is always going to be number one money. There's more meaningful football games. There'll be more room for advertisement, more viewers watching simple as that that's, you can just strike everything off and we can talk about the next points as just kind of for fun from a fan's perspective, from me, it, I think one of the biggest pitfalls of being a fan of college football. And I mean, it's, it's great, um, but I hated, especially before the four team playoff is you had a season where you had expectations of you had to be perfect to get to the postseason. And that is just unbelievably toxic as a fan. Now with the no, 12 not. team playoff, it is. It's toxic. No, that's because, that's called football. That's what baby. makes it fun. Yeah, it's a parlay. It, it yeah. should be a parlay. <laughs> but what's the point? Whenever your your team loses twice and then your season's over, is that fun? No, it's not. No, no it's 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 nice to have a little bit more leeway. I think I think you know, like having one mistake, you shouldn't damn you for the rest of the season, which has happened to many teams throughout this, you know, college football playoff with four teams. Now, two losses. If you if you get, I mean, if you screw up twice, I I think that's 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 the line I cut off there. And I but think see, that's gonna... where a lot a lot of these teams are going to be two loss teams. That's yeah, the yeah, but there's going to be there's going there's going to be some playoff, but you cannot have more than two losses. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I but I'm what I'm trying to say is like like the I think the four team was too little because it's just you don't want to have to feel like you have to be perfect every single season as a fan. This is from the fans' perspective, from my perspective, just because it is absolutely draining that like you watch like you know in NFL and there's you can you can screw up and learn from your mistakes and a loss and then go out and win the Super Bowl. Like it's mm -hmm. like you can't lose at all and can't learn from that at all as a college football fan. It just sucks. Well, like Jamison, being perfect isn't even enough, too. Florida State went undefeated and left mm -hmm. out of the playoff. Yeah. But like, is Penn State, like, if you're like they can learn from it. Like, what have we seen over these last... Like, Penn State's going to be... They are going to be the 12-team playoff merchant. They are always going to be there. <laughs> they are always going to be 10-2, and two, and they're always going to have a spot. Like, we know who they are. Like, we know in the deepest down bottom of my heart, it's not like they're going to correct it later in the season. They're just a mid-good team. They are a mid-good no, team. I, I will that say, Blake, <laughs> Blake, you have to remember, Penn State has a bunch of other, like, upper-mid teams coming into that conference now, so they, they should be shaking in their little in their little boots, you know, with Oregon they're still, and everyone they're else. Gonna... But I think, I think they lose. They lose those games, and then all of a sudden, they're like, oh, no, we're the Tennessee now. We're blue Tennessee, which is what they are. Except Penn State's like four or five times the size of Tennessee. As, I, as I feel like that's an insult to Tennessee more than anything. I, I, wow, that's that's something. Blue Tennessee. <laughs> well, that's it. They, they're like, oh, we eight. sell out all of our games. Like, okay. We have you a should. Like, as a, as a percentage of your alumni base going to games, Penn State is very small. They have like 5 million alums. It's crazy. They're, once again, I have to bring this up every chance I get. They're just old money UCF. 
they just started admitting anyone and everyone back in the 50s. And then they kind of just made people forget that they let anyone who applies in. And yeah. I I don't want to fuel the tangent about Penn State, but I think they actually definitely are going to make the playoff next year looking at the schedule. Yeah, they, yeah, they, they are. They have Ohio like, State. They have Ohio well, that's, State. That's Blake's just, point. They're just they have Ohio State at home and merchants. then just cake. They yep, have, I told I, you they're going to – you know they're gonna be like Tarleton State coming to Happy Valley, like as their marquee non-conference game. Like you're gonna see. That's also like I feel like when the importance to get to like ten wins now becomes the playoff. Holy crap! The non-conference schedule is going to be packed with some cake. It's gonna be a bakery come September because nobody's gonna play a legit program because. The conferences are getting so big, they're going to expand conference play. So, like, the good non-conference games, it's like, oh, if I win 10 games in the Big Ten or the SEC and I can make the playoff, like, I am for sure not going to schedule, like, that, like, neutral site game versus Florida State. Like, hell no. I'm going to schedule, like, I'm going to schedule San Jose State and just beat up on them because, like, at the end of the day, it's not really going to, like... It's not going to... That's going to be probably the makes a difference than a loss to Florida State. You missed a great chance to do a San Diego City uh, dig there, and you, you yeah, you, you won't, you won't dig on. Too they won't go on the road though. They won't even do the buy game crap. They just like try to play like the good mid majors and injure all their players and get wins that way. They don't even try to like okay. step up in competition. At least like the San Jose states, the other ones will travel cross country and try to go into somebody's house and beat them. San Diego City just doesn't yeah they played out oregon state last year anyways that's a we're not going down this road it's killing um, me too this year their best player was a tcu like their best aw. player like started at tcu and defected aw. over to the enemy <laughs> and now is like either they're all right they're mid they're kind of they're gonna make the tournament well, because got, of they, some random yeah. bias i don't get i bracket we need to just do a bracketology episode on like why bracketology doesn't make sense why is byu so high in brackets when byu has been utter ass in conference and has the same record as tcu but we're the ones floating on the bubble we're the ones like floating back and forth back and forth but like and are actually competing in the conference and they seem to be like lacking it it the system makes no sense but like we're gonna start getting that bobby we're gonna get that in the college football playoff there's gonna be call there's gonna be a joe Lodardi bracketologist coming out with his weekly column each week a bs propaganda that then the college football playoff committee uses as gospel at the end of the day to choose it blake i think you've really you've really missed being in front of a mic here uh because oh, <laughs> i feel like you've been pent up you, you've had some some energy you needed to get out there but yeah the, the joe lenardi is just going to be Henry Dennich, let's be honest um, yeah, it's they. Yep, they are. It's it's gonna be uh, the same in college football. And guess who controls all the rights for it? That was not mentioned above, but ESPN. They own everything because monopolies are always good for the consumer. They're always and, great. <laughs> and well, and that's the thing that you kind of have to think about is that has to pretty much be the only reason they're thinking of fourteen is yeah. because they want to get more SEC and Big Ten teams in. Which yeah. I, I will say on the on the topic of conference, Blake, I know you're trying to do an anti, you know, ESPN SEC thing here, but it, it should be noted, right, that these meetings that are occurring, this is kind of like the, the debate that people always have year after year with like the electoral college. Who gets Uh-oh. to attend? No, no, but right, who gets to attend this these meetings where they decide how to expand the playoff or not? 
is the 10 FBS commissioners, the college football playoff, obviously committee members themselves, and the athletic director of Notre Dame. Why does Notre Dame get independent representation as a school? Like Notre Dame gets the same number of votes towards this as the entire Big Ten does, which is ridiculous. I'm glad you brought this up because I saw a whole bunch of boo-hoo Notre Dame on Twitter the other day that it's just like, poor Notre Dame, they can never get a top four seed. Poor Notre Dame, this, that. Notre Dame got a steal of a deal. They get constantly, like, boosted up in these rankings. Like, I was going back, like, uh, even, was it last, or last year? Like, Last year's Notre Dame team, like, there's Notre Dame teams that are consistently within the 14 to 4 or, like, 5 range, and they get to host a home playoff game. So they're going to get a whole bunch of money from that. They're going to get a whole, like, eyeballs on them twice because they're going to get to play two games, and, like, they're not going to get exposed, like, immediately. Like, they can easily be the 5 or 6 seed because of an overrank, come in and beat whatever lower seed because it's hard to play at Notre Dame and win and then losing like losing the semifinals and like that yeah. will be perceived as a win it's like it makes me mad that everybody's just like boohoo Notre Dame join well, a conference like join a, join a conference or don't you get to choose your schedule they get to choose their entire schedule or I guess they do have that alliance with the ACC but we're seeing the way of the ACC now like they're gonna have a home game against SMU like for crying yeah. out loud conference something that tcu just did recently but i I do need to point that out and oh you oh yes but we're not we're not throwing it out there as a like oh you're you're not a legitimate team because you're playing we we did it because we did it because the uh, legitimate team georgia cancel or we had to cancel with georgia uh mutual canceling Um, no but it is yeah i I will once again say that oh you should be independent we would get as much sway no, I, 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 they don't, don't have don't to pay it. for freeloaders. Hey, OU, their our the, entire history in conference, we've had a pretty big difference culturally. But... Freeloaders like Tennessee and Missouri, who we've had to free like finance in two different conferences now. A and M are bums, but at least they are rich bums, and they pay for their own seats. It's just it's ridiculous. Arkansas, yeah, I, we've had to pay for them. You know, it's it's crazy. Yeah. Kansas State, we should not have to subsidize K State sure. being a poverty program. And that's why we left the conference. That's why we left the Big Twelve. But now we just have more freeloaders. We don't have more freeloaders because because that's the thing is even Mm -hmm. though Arkansas, yeah, they're not good at football, they have an enormous amount of support. You know, basically everyone but Vanderbilt has, and maybe Kentucky has football support, and that's that's where it's different. Yeah, Um, that's why the Big Ten is an elite conference. They have good level of support. And they definitely now, show that on the on field. Well, they product. do. Yeah, they. No, but the, they the do, Big though, Ten. Is, the, the Big Ten is a big conference. The the reason why Big Ten, the Big Ten, is a good college football conference is because they're in a bunch of big media markets. But Fayetteville, you know, Fayetteville, uh, Arkansas, and Starkville, Mississippi aren't that, but they they care. Um, Jameson, it's been a while since we've kicked it to you on no. this. Uh, no, on no, thing. don't don't worry uh, about me. I'm just listening. I'm so, enjoying the show right now. He, and here's here's what I want to loop back to Notre Dame a little bit here because oh. I I kind of think they they have a great deal. I'm with you, Blake, because the home game thing is it's going to be. I, I think if there's one thing I can 100% guarantee that will change is I don't see a single world where the second round games aren't also 
uh, going to be home games because the ability to host a host a bonus game that is high quality, you can call it a college football playoff game, pay a premium for it. That is going to be such a boost to everybody hosting that you you're almost punished for being in the top four because you get the buy, which is fine. You don't have to play a football game. That's great. But the amount of money bring like brought to the local economy, the gate, all of that not being seen because you're in the top four, that 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 just will not. I don't think there's any way that's not going to be changed by the next. You think run. so? I do. You think so? I, don't I mean, think I, it's I, I get get changed. I think we're always going to have a always neutral site. They want as many neutral sites as possible. Sure, it's but the sponsor deals, man. Yeah, the those sponsor, sponsor deals are big. Yeah. And like, yeah, they could sponsor that. And here's the thing: the sponsors can go and sponsor the second round of the college football playoff if they wanted to. But see, like, I think from a mm. brand power, it's like the Goodyear Cotton Bowl has a better brand than Goodyear presents OU versus well, uh, OU versus Purdue in like the first round. Of the yeah, yeah, and they'll like, get those every exactly, other year. Exactly, probably. everyone's gonna remember the sponsors of what the Fiesta Bowl was. People yeah, remember. I mean, that. the Battletoad Fiesta Bowl. Uh, and here, here's my thing. You here's just brought thing. it up. That's ex- exactly. the exact point. That was a deep cut. <laughs> yeah, because I'm a and college a football. Because I'm a and college that, football sicko. But there's I don't even know. I don't remember what Battletoad does. That, that know that no Fiesta Bowl sponsors, and it's just house like. But I mean, eight teams. You know, at that point, it, like they're going to have sponsors of those games. Like that's enough. I, I do not think the sponsors are the biggest issue holding that back. I, I, I think, think the bowls. I mean, it's I big money. It's big money. I, it's solid, but it's not hold everything back. Money sponsors. You guys are acting like we're not going to yes. see like the Timu Notre Dame. Oh, oh yes, yes. Give me going. Give me going. No, I mean, I was, I was vibing with that. I was like, get that on my Spotify Wrap this year. I mean, they'll get rotated in you know the the court uh, like the semis. You know, like just like they have been. Now it's not like they won't exist. They'll still be bowl games. They just won't be college football, you know, playoff bowls, and that's fine. I think I, it, the the thing is, if, if you do neutral site, I I could see a, a world where the quarterfinals like I, I don't think it makes sense to ask fans to travel to hypothetically three different neutral sites in a month. One neutral I, site I get, conference championship. No, well, no, that's different though. No, that's, but I'm saying also, no, he's adding to your point, saying like, oh yeah, you have a no, yeah, that's that's actually, yeah, like, no, you're right, you're right. The ticket fatigue is you you're have, right, you know. Yeah, because that's a really. And I've seen a lot. What's that, Jameson? That's a really good point. And I've seen like the argument I've seen is like, well, March Madness does it, yeah, but March Madness fills up a twenty thousand seat arena with four different fan bases and locals. You have to fill up an eighty thousand seat football stadium i mean how many we've seen college football playoff venues for like these massive like alabama or you know these teams who make here a bunch of times and they they, they struggle to fill their allotment because they're like i'll save up for this now if you like for the when we're talking semifinals, how, how many how many people are going to pay to travel that far mm-hmm. for a quarterfinal i i, I agree. just don't i, I, I don't I, see it i think, I, I think that you're right um, but do I think that there'll be neutral site games first? I, I think that's that's my stance on it. 
it's just I feel like we're missing something here because like just even look at the non-conference trends like we don't see many good home and homes anymore but we see good neutral site games at the beginning of the season like it just seems like every good game I don't know the reason why whether it be logistics or like it's just easier to host it in a big city it just seems like we're going it just like feels like we're getting more neutral sites how, how the hell are fans that, gonna take, how the fan, how the fans gonna take time off from work I don't, yeah. I don't even know how that how that's even a work. Won't be a problem for Tennessee. <laughs> <laughs> no, here's yeah, the you're thing: you're Tennessee like, into the playoff next year, or or LSU. No, I'm trying to build. We don't have any like rivalries anymore. We don't have any hate. I'm I'm trying to build up hate for certain fan I mean, bases, hoping they find. I gotta find my new Iowa it's State. It's not like we don't have Tennessee's Texas, maybe. Mississippi State. There's yeah, an obvious hate, Missouri there. I hate Ty. Texas. Just, yeah, yeah, Missouri's but, irrelevant though. That's like hating. That's like me coming on the podcast like an NPC. and hate on mosquitoes. Like they're there. <laughs> Missouri is the new it. NPC university. NPCU. No, it, I love Mesquite, it. Tennessee is the NPC. You know, we've seen Missouri before. We've dealt with Missouri in the past. You know, like we have a we have a history there. I'm, I'm fine with that. They're close by. Well, Tennessee has Tennessee has natties though. Like they, they've been. I mean, 98, you know, let's not act like that's ancient history when ours is 2000. Oh, Blake is, you're, you were lucky, Blake came back for that one. Blake, did you catch that? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> what? They I have don't think they're like, they have I don't think they're, like a, they're not an NPC, you know? I, no, I, I, not on Iowa State's tier. I, Iowa State is NPC as hell. Uh, but no, I, an NPC is like Mississippi State. Yeah. No, because like, they're no, they're just bad. Like they're just a generic. Oh, we're no, South Carolina is South Carolina yeah. is because like yeah, I, I think Mississippi State understands what what their bet is and like where they're gonna get buried at the end of the year. South Carolina somehow has this weird like they expect something good to happen when it's never gonna happen. Like it's really it's never gonna happen for them. Not a single time. Not once. Even like, not once in my lifetime. <laughs> Even the Spurrier Jadevian Clowney like thing, that, the best it resulted was like an outback ball, a fumble with recovery, a really co- with a fumble recovery. Yeah, like that's that that is peak, peak South program. Carolina. The, the little the, the little peak, peak of their program. program in the past decade and a half is that they recovered a fumble. <laughs> they they hit Denard Robinson really good, <laughs> and hang a banner or hang a banner. <laughs> that's funny. Um, no, but that that's. That's I, I think there's a chance just because I think the top four will get really pissed off and be like, hey, this doesn't make any sense. And no, we'll go from there. Yeah. But I'm on I'm uh, on your side, Bobby. Now it's just it's just no way you're gonna get fans there for two even two games in a row. Like well, it needs I feel to like stay at home. The real money is not in the ticket sales though. It's in yeah. it's in like the advertising and the TV. So but it's, it's like gonna look bad. Well, like, yeah, you have to create the atmosphere, but it like it shouldn't be like off-putting to sponsors where physically the game is located do these bowls i'm assuming they probably pay something to be able to host these games too i like um, contracts i am assuming like that's why these like bowl foundations and stuff like i'm assuming they pay pay money to have these games i don't know if that's via the sponsors or what but like oh yeah no they're bowl payouts you you get college football playoff in general gives you payouts but I mean, it's, I don't know. I, I personally think that, you know, that that the Bulls shouldn't be as involved as they are in, but um, we'll see if that changes in the future. I just, I'm telling you, at, 
the first time, you know, like Georgia looks at it and realizes we could have had everyone in Athens for this, they're going to be like out. And, you know, just in general, from an atmosphere per perspective, would you rather like an epic home game or like oh, a crappy yeah. game? At, at, game. At, yeah, nobody wants that. Um, we already we said in the title of this episode, how does this affect the Sooners? I don't think we put that. I don't. I don't feel no, like we did this yet. I think, um, obviously, the more the merrier, especially for a team that's getting hit with an over under for six and a half next season. Like fans, I understand. We're we're we. Me and Bobby did it. We went through the S, like the whole SEC schedule reveal. And what were we saying, Bobby? Nine wins. Is that what we were saying? Yeah. Yeah, because we're a, a little lot, homers. Lots changed since then, though. Yes, right. I know, but still, but still, like you know, we needed this. <laughs> we absolutely needed this. This affects us a lot, and you know, it's going to be a reality check next year. Not maybe to the degree as much as some haters might say, but it's going to be a pretty big reality check next year. So I think people will finally start to realize and appreciate that. Yeah. And I, I think it's it's a definitely a boost for OU. Um, you can look at you know where they ended up this year, you know, ten and two, and you end up twelfth. Um, and be like, oh well, that's not great. But I mean, this was an abnormally good year for college football. You know, there were multiple. I mean, there was an undefeated team left out of the college football playoff, so, like an undefeated Power Five team. That is wild. Um, so there was a lot of really good teams. There were a lot of really good teams at the top. That was abnormal. I think there'll be years where you could see a, a three-loss team sneaking in the back, that sort of thing. Um, and when it comes down to strength of schedule, we know that they're going to be siding with the SEC on that one. Um, because, I, look, if OU goes, like, loses three games, if they do win, it'll go 9-3, and three, like, there's a damn good chance they find a way in if they get a couple big marquee SEC wins. That's just kind of the way it works. Um, I don't know, but like looking back at the rankings, it's like you don't really see many of those like three loss teams that would be like bumping on the door whenever you consider like like even I'm seeing like 13, 14 every single time for about the three, like the start of the three loss teams, like 11 I mean, Utah. Because that's like, because the committee did not care about ranking that point. Their rankings, they put zero effort into what who was going to be number 12 versus number 13, 14. You could tell that from week to week. How many times did we have like, we laughed and scoffed at the committee last year when they were like, Obviously, they didn't take into account anything about this 20s range because this team played like horrible last year, last week, and then they went up two spots. Like they're going to take more to, into account, and that bubble at the spot is going to be a lot more biased, like it is, you know, the bubble was last year at the four. I just yeah. like the only thing I worry about is like what we've seen is they kind of take the. They take where you, like, your amount of wins and then kind of, like, rank you there from now. So it's, like, even the two lost teams. Like, you see a few, like, stragglers behind the three lost teams. But, like, I'm just where I, I don't know. I, I'm like, it's you. still, when it, especially with non-competitive, like, non-conference games. Like, I feel like there's going to be a lot more, like, two lost teams than, like, three lost teams knocking on the door. What we know from how college football rankings is right now, it's going to completely change. Like our baseline knowledge of what the committee does, it's going to be completely different next year. Yeah, and and it'll be weird too because I mean we 
we'll finally have uh, bid stealers. You know, uh, Kansas State would have gotten the first round by uh, last year because they beat TCU. TCU wouldn't have gotten a top four seed. Utah would have gotten in with three losses into the top four, uh, I believe. So it's it's going to be pretty crazy uh, to see how it shifts. And honestly, I'm all for that. I know some people are good. They're not deserving. They want a conference championship. It's going to make the conference championships so much more fun. And you're, you're going to have some stakes to it. You're going to have some, a little bit of meat to it. Like mm-hmm. you got to win those. Cause you want that. You want to buy it will. Like I will say, I don't think for the sec or big 10, it doesn't do anything for the no. conference championships, big 12. It makes it interesting. ACC. It could make it interesting depending on the year. And then like G five ones, of course. But like, I just don't think like you can't bid steal in the sec when there's that many teams with that many good records. Same with the big yeah. 10. You can do that. Like the big 12 is probably like, not gonna like they're probably a one big bid league nine times if not ten times out of a year so it like actually matters and like acc can be the exact same way it's like unless it's like florida state clemson both are fantastic like i don't think one of those like they're really getting an at-large bid so i think for like some of the smaller conferences like us it makes a lot more like it makes it a lot more interesting because it's like you're probably gonna get left out but I like I just don't think for like the SEC or Big Ten this this product really makes it like eye popping. It's like, oh, you have to see the SEC championship because it's not like in the past when Kansas State's lost three games, like they made the SEC championship. I don't think we're gonna really see that. I think there's always yeah. gonna be two dominant well, powers in the SEC. I, I think to really emphasize Blake's point, right? We've seen years where with a four-team system, the SEC championship is irrelevant to whether or not someone makes it. So I, I think, yeah, certainly when you move to, you know, 12 and, and beyond, uh, things like the SEC championship, probably also the Big Ten championship are going to be, you know, I- irrelevant. I would argue, you know, it, it maybe even makes sense to to do away with those games when you start to look at, at ticket fatigue and stuff like that. But I think it'll be interesting for the buys, you know, fighting for that, um, you know, because that's that is an advantage, uh, even though it you know leaves a bit of a bad taste in my mouth that, you know, you'd have to then, you know, um, go to a neutral site. But it, it's definitely an advantage to just skip Ooh. an entire game of football. I mean, just in terms of, you know, avoiding that fatigue, that's big. But mm-hmm. um, but yeah, no, the answer is it's massive for OU. It's um Really good stuff. Blake, do you think do you think this is good for TCU? No, like I think it's kind of about honestly, to be honest, it's about the same. It's like our best years. We probably like would have gone like, I guess the last year when K-State beat us. But like, it's not I think the Big 12 is going to be so it's going to be so much of a dogfight now. We're all kind of like around the same caliber that I think, like, to be, like, pessimistic about it, which is sad, it's, like, Big 12's a one-bid league. So it, like, it makes the conference championship everything in order to make the playoff. I, I don't really know. Think. I, I think a two-loss two conference champion loser could make it, but, like, I don't see them but doing I, well. 
I think the committee is going to be swayed a lot by this, like, big two, prop- like, kind of propaganda. It is. Like, I think, like, to say just because, uh, like, Penn State's, like, the best example. Just because Penn State has a lot of support doesn't mean they're, like, necessarily significantly better than a Big 12 team because we don't, we won't really get to see that anymore. I don't think non-conference games are going to, like, they're going to be less, like, few and far between just because of how big these conferences have gone. So I think it's going to be harder to... To compare teams conference by conference without those like few data points that we get maybe in September and I think that it's like the the 5v7 is like perfect if you're a Big Ten or SEC fan because like that means the bias can be funneled into selecting like selecting the remaining of the field instead of just allowing it to be like soaked up by like conference like the smaller conference champions like I just think it's made like at best, too. At best. But, like, there's no chance, like, Big 12's gonna get, like, three teams in. But, like, SEC's no. gonna get three teams in every single year. Probably Big 10. Like, it's probably gonna be, like, with seven and five, so, or, sorry, uh, five and seven. Like, it's probably gonna be three, three, and one. Like, that's, that's gonna, how it's gonna shake up. It's, like, at least three from the SEC, at least three from the Big Ten, and then the last at large could go to maybe an ACC team, maybe a Big Twelve team, but even then, that could be like that's still a jump ball, I think, for those like Big Two conferences. Yeah, they just well, but I, I think it it always even if it's just one though, you're still leaving room open. You're still guaranteeing that a conference championship oh, yeah, yeah. No, will I think... get you in, and then leaving that like you'll never have the Baylor TCU situation from was it right. 2014? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I think mean, it makes it literally like, impossible. Like I said, like our conference championship is going to be absolutely electric now because I think it is really like it's going to have that mid-major feel of like it's like if you don't win, you're probably going to get left out. Especially if you have one loss, maybe two lot like two losses, like you're probably at the end of the day, like they're like, Oh, you lost to this other, like, not so great team in your conference championship, like we're gonna bump you down big. Well, even like a loss, like if you're undefeated and you take your one loss in the conference championship, there's a chance to get yeeted all the way down the list and yeah. now you're having to play at Alabama or something. Or like I could go, easily you have to go to to, to Madison, take on Wisconsin and your TCU. Like, a very powerful Big 12, I just see, like, the loser at best, and, like, it's a good loser, gets, like, yeeted to the 12 spot automatically, and it's just, like, you start from there, buddy. Like, it's, we see the recent, and that's the thing I worry about, too, it's, like, we see it all the time, the recency bias in these polls. It's not, like, a methodical approach, they're just kind of reacting to whatever happened that week. If you think that there's two great Big 12 teams and one just blows the other one out, like, you should. The r- rational person would be like, okay, that could be an outlier. This playoff, like, playoff committee doesn't do that. Like, they just launch Florida State out of there whenever they had, like, a bad game versus Louisville, even in a win. So, uh, And I do want to say one last thing about that, um, the fifth uh, conference champion, which is going to be a group of five probably um the group of five has been pretty pretty pilfered recently you know you got um obviously the four american teams that jumped to the big 12 uh smu who looked to be the uh new american darling they're off to the uh um acc uh, probably never to be seen again is this just going to be the liberty invitational every year because i i don't know who who's going to step up 
of those uh, non-power five teams, you know, in the pool. Like, is it going to be someone from the Sun Belt? Maybe the Mountain Sun West. Belt. I, I mean, it's... Blake, I'm not. This is. Not, I promise you, this is not a lead up to be like, oh, you and LV, they're the prodigal son. You no, know, no, no, no. From the I big think... sapphire in the desert. <laughs> it's like I think the most competitive teams for that. So like, Liberty's always going to be there because their conference sucks and they're going to win a lot of games. But like, even undefeated Liberty wasn't a surefire thing versus a two loss like a two loss american champ i think we're gonna see the Sun Belt become a little bit more involved i think the quality of football like that entire conference is playing is just stronger and i hope they like actually kind of watch some of these games and it's like oh even two losses in this conference from a g5 is significantly better than whatever liberty is off doing i think this is prime opportunity for boise state like boise state i don't think like many of the mountain west schools like are going to have those run like have the potential for those runs Boise State does like they've they've shown it in the BCS era they're always really good they're always I feel like even in their bat like Boise State this year was like disastrous at the beginning of the year won the Mount West Championship huh. it's yep yeah, I don't want to talk about it but uh they it, <laughs> did they win their bowl it's but I I feel like it's like Boise State's like prime, like they're licking their chops. It's like finally a way to get there because I feel like they're just always highly evaluated. Yeah. And they'll never get a power five. Like they're the university's <laughs> kind of not good at all. You know, it's that's which sucks. And that's issue. Like, we still now have like we are totally consolidating just by the amount of money universities are bringing in kind of because like there's still like some stragglers like in these conferences, but like it's it's not product on the field it never was like if boys if it really was like these expansion like if it wasn't about media rights and how many eyeballs you could put on it like boise state would be in a power conference like if they didn't really and like we use we use the thinly veiled academics excuse to like kind of be like oh that's the reason why it's just an eyeballs thing it's not like a talent thing they're really good like they could easily be a p5 team mm-hmm yeah Y'all got anything else to say on this? I feel like 14 this versus 16. Yeah. Didn't really touch on that. Throw yeah. yeah, throw both of them out. I, I hate it. 12. I thought 12 was too much. I I was a big eight guy. I'd still kind of think eight was the better number. Um I like the buy aspect. I like rewarding people. I get that, but I I I kind of thought that, you know, if you just did eight and you get rewarded with a home game. I wouldn't want I wouldn't want I wouldn't want 16. Um, 14, I want about 14, Four, 14, where uh, you have the top two get a buy. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be mad about 14, 16 is too much. And the no buy, I, I think that adding more teams to the playoffs, you have to reward somehow, some way to the teams that absolutely dominated during the year. So there needs to be a buy component to it. And I think four buys, I think is right in that sweet spot. So I, I I don't I don't want to go more to fourteen and sixteen. I like I I kind of am a little bit more in agreement with you, Jameson. It's like if I had to choose fourteen, I don't agree with a fourteen. A sixteen, I might just launch myself off of a building at that point. Makes no like, sense. Looking looking at the rankings, the team that would have been the first team out was Iowa last year. <laughs> Iowa. We knew that team was not good. In like, <laughs> in Jameson, oh my god, we, Iowa Jameson, versus yeah. Iowa versus uh, it would have been Iowa versus Florida State with. Like that version of Florida State. 
it's just that's that's the thing is like at some point like i even think 12 like we can kind of tell who are the haves and who are the have nots 16 we are letting all the have nots come through the door and especially like i if jameson's theory holds correct it's like if they do reevaluate these ratings and kind of tinker with them a little bit like i was probably making it like it's just like it has the brand factor it has the watchability the big 10 like this that's scary to me like that's scary it's like that i like teams that are just like they have a decent culture but like aren't good teams are like those those games just become meaningless to me in my in my mind that's like a meaningless game i'm like florida state iowa just because you put the playoff title on it i know i know for a thousand percent what this iowa team is they suck they suck they beat up on those like bottom feeders of the big 10 yeah. but they really suck and so i, I just don't want that, that. Well, I like would, i still 12, I can maybe warp my mind because I've warped my mind sometimes into those Penn State, the <laughs> playoff merchants. But if if it goes, like, in, I can maybe do that for the 12-team playoff. I cannot do it for 16. I cannot. Like, I, I will not take – I will, it, it will affect even my evaluation kind of going up to about six at that point because I'm like, these are just a whole bunch of bum teams, two rounds of bummy games that I have to get through in order to get to something I actually want. Well, like, in 2017, TCU would have gotten in. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's like, that, in that, that I knew what that team, team was. Yeah, like, team. that's the thing. It's like, I know what that team is. It's like, it's it's cool. Like, if you're a fan of that, it's like, great. I guess you're playing in a playoff game. But just, yeah, that's it's too many. It's too many teams, too many games. No, like, at least try to make them somewhat special. That Yeah, like, it, would, it would have been like TCU versus Georgia. Do we yeah. need to see Nick Chubb run all over TCU? No, we don't. It just would it be cool? Would it have been cool to see the frogs go go between the hedges though? But no, we, we don't. Need I don't it. know because like there's no hope in that. Like that's like I'm kind of going there for the atmosphere, but I'm like. I think if you're a real fan, you kind of can evaluate your team, even if you're on the more optimistic side. You've seen them for 12 games and being like, this doesn't feel right. Like, this does not feel like we can actually beat this team. Like, this just feels like we're actually getting, like, we're just getting pulled up to slaughter. Like, basketball, at least you're like, we hit a whole bunch of threes. Maybe something goes our way. We could win the game. You can't do that in football. You can't be like, oh, we just hit every deep shot known to man somehow. Turnovers. Yeah, but even the like you have to create the turnovers. That's the thing. It's, it's not even like muffed, muffed, muffed punts, muffed punts, fumbles. Squid I kicks. don't want I I don't want my like ability to rely on chaos to be on muffed punts and turnovers <laughs> when it comes to these like <laughs> three versus sixteen games. Like, All right, no, boys, thank you. we like, get two muffed punts. I think we can get this one. Yeah, like if, if what Blake? What if the higher seated team had to have Gavin Freeman receive all their punts? Oh, that could or that oh ensures my punts. That ensures I've never seen. <laughs> That's too many. Too Do many, you all too still have your special teams coach, or did he leave? Uh, uh, we never guy, had one. Well, we had one. The guy that, that was doing our special teams we, is now a assistant head coach at uh, Alabama. Yeah, he was. He was no. the analyst. No, 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 no. no. I'm talking about Joe John Finley. Oh, Joe John. Oh, yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. I that's see, see, I I know that about football. You have to have a special teams coordinator. It you think it's a meaningless job till it actually means something. You saw with Michigan, like he just put his son in that spot and like actually did horrendous at it and like almost cost him the semifinal game. Like you actually, it is an important part of the game because if you screw it up big time, it like it will affect the outcome. It will. 
That's why a lot of gamblers, they always use, they look at team special teams and, like, factor it into lines and, like, how they power rate teams is because it actually matters. Like, typically, good teams are good at special teams. Yeah, but Jay Harbaugh is now an NFL coach. What are you talking about? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, good speaking luck, of which, buddy. <laughs> yeah, Jameson, that, uh, um, uh, the, I, I'm blanking so hard. What, what, Jesse Mentor? Um, no, no, no. Uh, Jolie Ali, uh, who oh, you just got. She's she. Uh, her last job was the Chargers. There you go. Oh, really? I thought she was yeah, in we Utah. Got... Yeah, no, she was at Utah, but she spent two thousand twenty-three uh, with the charge with the LA Chargers. So there you go. Amen. Now that's why you, you hire people right there. Got they a little Chargers. The, they do the best man. at all things, not football. Yeah. Best I, uniforms. See, saw... Best social media. They're celebrating like, PF oh. Chang's week. Yes, yes, they are. I did see that yeah. on their social media too. Mm-hmm. Which is great. Shout yeah. out for sure, Ty, Ty. You're all also basically completely out on the 16, right? Or are you? Uh... No, I'm very in. I, I think I, I'm in Ooh. on right. So first, first, like I've always said with the NIL and the transfer portal rules, we have to let it run long enough to get real data. Like the fact that we're going to run our current system or next year's system for two years and then change it i think it's still a little too soon I, I think if you went to a 16 team thing i think everything would adjust around it and it would ultimately come out better right you talk about like too many games but i think if you run with a 16 team system for long enough especially like the sec the big 10 where you're predicting that people are going in i think you see those conferences cut down on on maybe delete a game from their schedules and stuff like that to account for um you know presumably more games so i, I think there's a lot of stuff you can do like you can't just keep making changes like we can't just keep adding ingredients or removing ingredients from the soup without tasting it you know here and there so i i am for more games again i don't think if you want to talk about like what's the best way to select a national champion i think you run a bcs like system you have a updated computer program with what we know about football in 2024 or at whatever time you factor in all sorts of things like players opting out and injuries and all sorts of things that weren't factored in too much into the bcs and you pick the top two teams from the best you know best most deserving whatever legal criteria you want to put on that and i think you would get the same national champions most of the time that you get through the playoff system i think it's about generating more games you know more eyeballs more clicks more podcast talking points. i think the bcs and code would get hacked <laughs> well and that's a well, that's good that's, like... that's good that's you deserve to win it then if you hack it you know it's the and same that's... as like nebraska giving people steroids <laughs> like it you can find a way to cheat and get away with it. You deserve it. That's Michigan football's Michigan. model. Yep. <laughs> yep. And I mean, that's the thing, Ty, is it's like, you know, I, I, I see what you're saying, but also where's the fun in that? You know, you where's know? the fun in more games or no, I was saying, where's the fun in having the computer computer decide it. Um, that's why more games are, are great. Let it be chosen yeah, by the online duck race. <laughs> Honestly, I'm that's sorry, how I Ty. feel like some of these committee, like committee decisions, are Quack. decided as online duck. I do feel like, like I do feel like the committee should be selected via like a jury duty system, Quack. so that you yes. get the chance that at like every couple years you just get a straight message board person on there who's representing like 
you know, the most <laughs> no, no, no. absurd. It's like it's like all these esteemed people who've built careers. Oh, we have one makeaway. The message board people, and the message like board people board need to be dude. the pool. It needs yeah, to be yeah, a pool I mean. of people from Twitter. They actually they watch games. They will turn games. into the fan vote if the NBA All-Star game. They do watch it. On top of Julia gets into It should be live streamed. Peyton Hillis wins Madden cover. Honestly, it should be gladiator it. style. It, it, it should be done like like in a room, like a conference, not like a conference room. Trial uh, by combat, like a, I'm down. Like a stadium. It should be done in a stadium, right? Like the committee's down there at the bottom of the bowl and they're all mic'd up and they're discussing stuff and the crowd can just be just shouting at them. You know, like medieval, <laughs> like is, the, is he going to like give the thumbs up or the thumbs down to the gladiator? I know that's not medieval, but and then, you know, the the emperor's like going to give the thumbs up and the crowd starts like screaming and then they have to change, you know, for fear of their own lives. I, I think that's the best way to do it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love it. You know, if you I, take I'm home all, I, anything from this podcast, that's it. More transparency, Ty. That's what, and, and that's what you're saying. That <laughs> would create a lot of money, Ty. I'm, I'm with you. Put, put put them all I on the pitch. I want to I see Boo Corrigan answer for his sins. I, I do think I do think you should be able to pay off, like legally above board. You should be able to pay off the committee members because that would present like a really interesting like management <laughs> dilemma. Because it's like, do we just bag out on nil? Or do we just get a bunch of scrubs and then just buy our way into the playoffs, buy our bye week, and then just hope that we can upset through? I, I think there's some interesting strategy, like balancing, you know, how much are we going to pay off versus how much are we going to bag out and get quality players? Oh, my God. You know, that would actually probably just be college football in its purest form if you think about it. That that actually might be the most college football way to decide it. So I, I think you have. Yeah, it's never been the same since the Bagmen have been able to come out of the shadows and form oh, an right. LLC. The, the Bagmen will dry up here very soon. No. Y'all hear Johnny Manziel talking about his uh, bag mm-hmm. situation? Yeah. Blake, you see that? Yeah, three million. So. Kevin Sumlin. <laughs> Don't that give seems, him three million to stay. That seems cheap. Like that seems <laughs> cheap. <laughs> I bet AM is it like they're dishing out more than three million nowadays. Like, I don't know. It can't be subtle. Um, I think that's all we have for the show, though. Um, but it was really good getting back and talking about something substantial. Um always always a fun time having you on, Blake. Um Thank but, you. yeah. Well, that's the end of our show. We will see y'all probably next week. I won't. I'm gonna be we in Mexico. Oh yeah. well, I will all be. right, boys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, buddy. Buddy. <laughs> uh or i might check in i don't know we'll see how, no. it's, how, how we'll see how the wi-fi is out there it'll be great um but anyways uh yeah if you like this make sure to hit that subscribe button on youtube uh if you're listening on podcast uh form and you know enjoyed this conversation give us give us a little uh you know subscribe as well follow the show there um but anyways that's all we got for today uh and on behalf of Jameson, Ty, and Boat and Blake, I'm Bobby Howard. Thank you all so much for listening, all you ball knowers and ball not knowers out there. We'll see you next time. Boomer Sooner, everybody. <laughs>